Hey there, welcome to the HR Mentor. I'm your host, Melanie Reed, and I'm so glad you're joining me today. Today on the HR Mentor, we're celebrating. Celebrating all of you out there who have secured your first HR role, your first professional job, or even received a promotion at work. Over the last couple of months, I've seen a number of posts from former students or emerging practitioners in my network on LinkedIn and Facebook announcing that they have kicked off their HR career or made career progressions. Congratulations to all of you. I always have these proud mama moments when I see this, not because I take any credit for their success, but because I love seeing people reach their goals and it's just extra fun when it's someone you know. So today, in recognition of the achievement of these goals, I'm going to be talking about what success looks like in the first 90 days of your new professional job. Unfortunately, a lot of new grads think that once they get the job, they can let their foot off the gas and start expecting the best work assignments, a cushy office, or an ever-growing paycheck. In the words of many employers, they become entitled. I hate to use that word, but it's the one that employers use when we have these conversations. I know it's a bit of a trigger for many of you, but this is what I'm hearing. So while you can choose to act, show up, and behave however you like in the workplace, there are consequences for everything you do. As your HR mentor, I would like you to impress the heck out of your new employer in the first 90 days and beyond. I would like you to become so invaluable to your new employer or supervisor that they wouldn't hesitate to recommend you for a promotion down the road when the time is right. And I would really like you to see this first professional job as the valuable learning experience it is. It's a time to build a foundation that is going to catapult you to career success. So let's get started. Welcome to the HR Mentor Podcast, the podcast for emerging HR practitioners to get practical advice, tools, and strategies to build credibility, confidence, and ultimately a fulfilling HR career. Now, before we get into today's topic, I want to send out another huge thank you to all of the listeners. I love hearing from you and getting your feedback. Remember, this podcast is for you, the emerging HR practitioner. So if you have any topics you would like me to cover, please don't hesitate to reach out. If you aren't already subscribed, you'll want to do that today to make sure you don't miss a future episode. Today, I also want to give a shout out to a listener who left a lovely comment on Apple Podcasts a couple of weeks ago. Courtney Paula writes, very good, exclamation mark. Thank you so much, Melanie. I have learned so much from the episodes and will continue to tune in. Courtney, Paula, thank you so much for the comments and for listening. Your feedback is genuinely appreciated, and I hope I can continue to add the value that you expect over time. Okay, so let's talk about the first 90 days of your new job and how you can make a great first impression. Now, I want to begin by saying, even though I'm focusing on the first 90 days with some of this guidance, it also applies at any time. There are some actions that naturally only make sense in the first three months of your role, but there are others that I would suggest you continue doing the entire time you're an employee if you want to continue on a trajectory of career success. 
To make it easier to organize these actions, I've broken them down into three main categories. These categories are number one, get to know your role. Number two, get to know your office or your team or department. And number three, show up as a professional. There are also three main sort of steps that apply to all these different categories that I want you to keep in mind as I talk about them. These are number one, to listen and observe. Number two, to understand and clarify. And number three, take action. So when we're talking about getting to know your role, your department, and showing up as a professional, I want you to keep those three steps or principles in mind. That first, you want to listen and observe what's going on in the office or to people that are sharing information with you. Then I want you to make sure you understand and you clarify if something's unclear. Don't make assumptions about what you're learning or about individuals. And then take action. If there's something you need to do or something you can do, then take action. But make sure that before you take action, you're listening and observing and also making sure that you have clarity and clear understanding. Now, within all of these suggestions, it's important that you do as much listening and clarifying as possible before you take action. You're new to this role and this organization. Even if you've done this job before in another organization, you haven't done it at this organization or with this team of people. And I can tell you from years of working in a variety of organizations, everyone does things a little bit differently. No two HR departments are the same, and your primary perspective in these first 90 days is to be curious and attentive. So let's start with your role. This might sound kind of silly since you already know what role you were hired for, but there's a deeper understanding that's required in order to fully deliver on what you've been hired to do. Many roles have histories attached to them, maybe former incumbents who may not have left by their choosing, And there may be nuances as to what is expected of someone in this role that's not captured by the written job description. You may also be in a situation where the person that made the hiring decision, might be the manager or the director of the department, are not your direct supervisor. And there may be a particular focus for you as a new employee that was not necessarily totally articulated in the selection process. So you don't want to make any assumptions about what the expectations are or even who you report to. Before your first day, what I recommend you do is that you call or send an email to either the hiring manager or whoever offered you the job. During this communication, you'll want to ask for clarity on who you should report to on the first day and who you'll be reporting to on an ongoing basis. Keep in mind, these might not be the same people. You might first meet with the manager or director, but then report to someone else on the team. What's important is to understand who you directly report to and who will be setting clear expectations with you. Once you know this, you'll want to set up a specific time to discuss the position you've been hired for so that you fully understand what's expected. The organization that hired you might have a formal orientation program in place where you attend orientation sessions or meetings, or you spend the first few days reviewing policies or watching online training to help you get oriented. Whatever it is, you're going to follow along with that process. However, it may also be very unstructured. 
So you'll have to gauge the right time to set up this meeting with your direct supervisor or hiring manager. The important thing is that you do have it. During this meeting, you're going to ask about a number of different things, and I'm going to list them here for you, what I think is important to understand in those early days. The first thing is, what are the most important functions of your role right now? Now, there may have been a gap between the last incumbent and you in this role, or it could be a new role. But what you want to understand is what's most important for you to accomplish right now. This could change over time. But you're focused on making a great first impression and having an impact, so you want to know what's important right now. You also want to know who you're going to work with most closely in the office or outside the department in order to meet those expectations. You need to know which relationships are critical to your success because those are the ones you want to nurture first. Over your time with the organization, the relationships that you have to complete your role or achieve your function in the organization will likely change. You want to know who you're going to be working with most directly and which relationships you should focus on in the first three months. You also want to know who you should go to if you need any help or advice. Remember, you don't know everything, so you're going to have to ask for help. I know that's difficult for some people. I have my own challenges with that, but you're going to need to do that in order to be successful. And that's okay. You're in a learning phase in this role, and so people don't expect you to have all the answers. Take advantage of that and leverage that curiosity. Having someone you can go to and knowing who to go to instead of sitting around wondering who to ask or what to do helps you become a contributing member of the team much more quickly. And that, again, has a positive impact. You also want to know which tools are important in order for you to do this job successfully. This might seem obvious, but it might not be. If you're expected to do a lot of email or data entry, and this hasn't already been addressed, find out who can teach you the systems you need to know and make sure you get started on this right away. Students often ask me if they can take a course on HRIS systems, but what I usually tell them is to try and understand the HR strategy behind metrics and how these HRIS systems are used in organizations. Because every organization will have a different system that you're using. You may have used success factors in one organization, and then you might use PeopleSoft in another organization. Or lots of times, organizations don't have a complete suite for their HRIS. And so some data is stored in spreadsheets, others in an applicant tracking system. You need to understand what those systems are and which ones are going to be important for your role. And then make sure you get started right away on learning them. Another thing that's important to know from your direct supervisor is what their expectations are of you in the first three months of employment. Now, for some of you, you might be wondering why I've chosen three months or 90 days to focus on. And this is because in most Canadian workplaces or many Canadian workplaces, this is the length of the probationary period. Now, That's not a blanket rule, and in many professional roles, this can be six months or even longer. But regardless, the first 90 days is a critical time for your hiring manager to see if you're going to be a fit and do a great job. It's also time for you to get to know your role really well, so being clear on the expectations during this specific time is critical. 
Now, after your 90 days, if they haven't scheduled a performance check-in, take the initiative to do this. Ask about their expectations over the next six months and be open to hearing feedback about what you can do differently. Now, how often should you check in with your supervisor or manager on your progress? That's another great question to ask them. Some hiring managers or supervisors will set this up automatically, but others won't. It's good to get a sense of how often they expect to hear from you and how they want to hear from you. Are you going to have daily, weekly meetings, or are you working remotely, and does this require Zoom calls or phone calls? Whatever the plan is, make sure you have clarity on this. It's also good to ask if you can set this up for your manager. It gives you a chance to learn the calendar or email system and also shows that you're taking initiative. Now, they may not be comfortable with that, and that's okay, but I think it's great to offer to set this up on behalf of your hiring manager. So before your first day, you want to make a list of all the types of questions you want to have answered in order to have perfect clarity on your role. Your first priorities, which relationships are going to be the most critical for success, and use this conversation as a chance to listen and clarify. Your hiring manager is likely very busy. They've hired you for a reason. They have a job that needs to be done, and probably for some period of time, it's not being done. So it's important to take action, but not until you have clarity. Now, why I want you to make a list in advance is because you might not get another chance to have this kind of face time with your manager or director after you've been there for a little while. So make sure you take advantage of this. Once you've got clarity and you have really good understanding of what's expected and who you need to build relationships with, then I want you to take action on these items. Don't hesitate to go out there, start to meet people, and do the things that they're asking you to do. Again, make sure you have a point person that you can ask help or advice from so that you can seamlessly start to transition into contributing to the department or your role. You also want to focus on the tasks that have been identified as most important, even if you think they are the least interesting. You want to make a contribution and prove that you can handle more, but you can't do that if you don't master the basics first. Have you ever seen the movie The Karate Kid? Well, remember in that movie that before Mr. Miyagi taught his student any karate moves, he taught discipline and self-control with activities like waxing his car and painting a fence. Think about this as you're perhaps completing more basic and mundane tasks such as filing or data entry. These tasks give you insight into the department, its systems, and more importantly, they show your new department and colleagues that you're a team player. If your supervisor or hiring manager said that these tasks are really important and they might be cleanup or catch-up tasks, then those are the ones you need to focus on. The other thing that's important to take action on is to meet the people who will be most critical for your role. Introduce yourself, ask them questions about their role and get to know them as a person. Ask questions that will help you get up to speed quickly and help you feel more comfortable in your role. And then set up those regular check-in meetings with your supervisor or manager. Another important action step is to make notes. You think you're going to remember all of these things that you're learning, but I guarantee by the end of the day, your brain is going to be full with all of the new information you've collected. So do yourself a favor, as you have time throughout the day, jot down a few notes so that you'll remember things. 
Okay, so we've covered off getting to know your role really well and how you can do that in a way that will allow you to both build a relationship with your supervisor or hiring manager, but also get a lot of clarity about what's expected in your role. The second way to make an impact is by getting to know the office. You may have learned some things by learning your role, but probably not everything. Knowing how the department runs and who does what is critical. If your supervisor or manager assigned a mentor or a buddy for you within the office, make sure you spend some time getting to know them. Offer to take them for coffee or lunch and ask them about the culture of the office. If not, you may want to learn and clarify some of the following points with your supervisor or others in the office. Often an office administrator or manager will have key insights or perhaps one of the HR advisors can schedule some time to help you out. Ideally, you'll meet with everyone on the team to learn about what they do and introduce yourself, but that might not happen for some time. If you're supporting any of these individuals, it's also a good idea to understand their expectations of you in your role. Some other things you want to know and clarify. You'll want to know about the expectations for professional attire and office etiquette. Do most people in the department take a lunch break and leave the office, or do they eat at their desk? Are there any specific days where the team goes out for lunch together? Or perhaps there's one evening a week where everyone socializes after work. If so, these are activities you're going to want to participate in, at least at the beginning. I know it might be difficult when you're new and uncertain, or if you have a family at home. And it's not a requirement, it's just a nice to-do to help you get to know your team. And it also gives them a chance to learn a little bit about you and help you build relationships. This will naturally result in finding people that you can lean on for support and knowledge that might be critical for your success. You also want to know if there's any casual days each week where you can dress down or are people pretty formal. Be careful not to go based on what you see in the office. Some employees might not follow the expectations and you don't want that to be your guide. Clarify this with your supervisor or other leaders in the department and then act accordingly. I think I've said it before, but I'm a total org chart geek. I find that organizational charts help me organize myself in a department or organization, and they also provide a path for building relationships. So if your department has one, ask to see it. Sometimes there are informal reporting relationships that can also be highlighted by clarifying the org chart. If you support any external stakeholders, you'll also want to understand their organizational structure and who you'll be working with in order to be successful. It's also good to see how your department fits into the overall organizational structure. Do you have a leader at the senior leadership table? If not, who do they report into? Understanding these relationships helps you see how the department might be viewed in the organization. Most HR department leaders report to the CEO or most senior organizational leader, but this is not always the case. This might mean that your department is viewed more as an administrative function rather than a strategic function. This is really good to know. At some point, you may also have a conversation with your department leader about this structure and what that means, as well as their vision and goal for the department. This is important so that you understand the function that you play and how you can contribute. 
if the department is very administratively viewed by the organization, then those functions are going to be really important to your success. But if they're more strategic, then you're going to want to do what you can to learn as much as possible so that you can help provide that strategic function. For now, it's good to be aware of the structure and how you might be viewed by others. Another great thing to know about the department or office is how you can make life easier for your coworkers. Chances are, if this is your first HR role, you're going to be fulfilling a more supportive function. If this is the case, how can you make others look good and make their lives easier? That's the question you want to answer. Is this by filing paperwork, responding to external inquiries, reviewing applications? Whatever it is, see how you can make a difference and make life easier for everyone in your department. Obviously, you want to make sure that it's okay with your supervisor, but if it is, add value wherever you can. Another good thing to do is to read any manuals or policy books that are active and in effect. Most organizations will ask this of you in the first week, but if not, take the initiative to do so. If you need to do this at home in the evening, do it anyway. Policies give great insight into what's valued and important in an organization, and they might also indicate where the HR department spends a lot of their time. If the organization has strategy documents, read those if you haven't already, and definitely review any employee handbooks or collective agreements. Anything related to how the department operates or manages the employee relationship is critical to your knowledge base in the first few weeks. Make note of what is not clear or what you have questions about and ask them as soon as possible. This can make you a valuable asset when it comes to answering employee and manager questions and ultimately becoming an advisor to organizational leaders. Now, this might be in your future, not in your current role, but it starts to set the stage for having that knowledge base. If you don't know the rules that govern the relationship between employees and management, you can't really provide advice on them. So make this a priority. I think it also shows a lot of initiative if you're asking your hiring manager or your department mentor or buddy questions about these documents, policies, collective agreements. So make sure that you go through them and highlight any questions that you have that you can ask. Okay, let's do a quick recap. So far, you've met with your direct supervisor or office buddy and you've clarified your role and the department or the office. Now I want to share some more general tips on how you can show up as a professional in a new role. I believe these suggestions apply at any time, but they're the most critical in the early days of a new position. The first thing I want you to do, and I mentioned it already, is send an email before you start to clarify your first day on the job. Now, you're going to send this email to your whoever hired you, so either the HR professional or the hiring manager, whoever your point of contact is in the organization. In this email, you want to make sure that you're showing a lot of excitement and enthusiasm for the opportunity. You want to confirm your start time, where to park, and who to report to. Get directions if necessary. Some organizations may have different parking places for employees than where you parked if you had a face-to-face interview. And you may have interviewed remotely and now you're showing up at the office, so you might not even have this information. Ask about the dress code, what to wear, and what to bring if you should bring a lunch or if there's somewhere to buy food for lunch. 
You also want to know if you need to bring any documentation to get set up for benefits and payroll. Usually they need to have your medical card, a void check or a document from your bank for direct deposit, and perhaps your SIN card. Usually the benefit setup happens in the first few days, so this is something you want to make sure you have handy, either for your first day or whichever day they have that set up for. You also want to know if there's any pre-reading you can do prior to your first day. Now I mentioned this before with the policies and procedures, you may be taking those home to read them in the evening, but there might be things that you can review prior to your first day. Again, this shows initiative, but it also helps you get more comfortable with the workplace and your role in the organization. To help you with this first email, I created a script that you can use that's going to give you some idea of what to ask and how to structure it. I know sometimes this can be challenging for new graduates if they haven't been in a professional environment before and haven't sent these types of emails. So I want to take some of the guesswork out for you. So you can find that resource in the show summary for this episode on my website. And it's at www.unicorngroup.ca forward slash episode dash seven. Okay, the second thing that I want you to do to help you show up as a professional is to practice an introduction. By now, you probably have a bit of a sense of the culture of the organization or the department, or at least you have some clues. So I want you to create an introduction that fits that culture if you can. If the environment is very professional, focus on work and school and leave out too many personal details. If it's more of a friendly, relaxed environment, you may want to include more personal elements such as your hobbies or interests. You're going to introduce yourself to a lot of people in the first few months, so having something prepared for this is a great idea. When you're engaging with others, I want you to also focus on them and learning about them. Now, you don't want to turn this into an interrogation every time you meet somebody, but people like to talk about themselves. And so if you show an interest in learning about them, that's going to help you build a relationship with them. Be positive in your interactions and show enthusiasm for the opportunity you've been given. Even if others in the organization seem negative, don't go there. Always try and maintain a positive attitude and show that you're excited about working for the organization. Mind the office etiquette. This is super important. Are office doors opened or closed? Are voices generally hushed or are most people gregarious and talking in open spaces? Yes, you want to be you, but you also want to read the room. This is particularly important when it comes to humor and casual conversations. Avoid swearing, even if other people do so. It's not professional, especially in the early days, to be using crass language or very casual language. So make sure you avoid that. You also want to stay away from jokes and, of course, anything that could be offensive. This goes at any time for employees, but I know as people get to know others and they get more casual, well, they might make little jabs or jokes at each other's expense. Do not do that as you're starting to build relationships with people. Friendly office banter comes when people have rapport, not on the first day. So even if it fits the conversation, remember, you're listening, observing, and clarifying. So take all this information in, 
But definitely don't go there when you're first starting to get to know people. Try and take the high road and be professional at all times. Another important thing to do is to put your phone away. I know this is super hard for some of you, but check your messages on your breaks and only when you're by yourself. Even if other people are doing this at the lunch table in a restaurant, don't go there. Take this as an opportunity to interact and get to know people. And you're not going to do that if you're on your phone texting your best friend about your first day of work. Make sure you tell your friends, parents, or spouse, or your kids that you're going to connect with them when you can, but it likely won't be until the end of the day. And put the phone away. Turn it off and don't be looking at it. Even when you're by yourself, chances are someone will see you. And if you're supposed to be doing something like filing, you're not supposed to be on your phone. So set a good first impression. And you know what? It's probably going to do you a bit of good to detach from that for a few hours a day. When you meet new people, also try and remember their names. Make notes of what you've learned if you have to. And over time, you'll get to know people better and it'll become second nature, as you know, from meeting anyone. But you're probably going to be introduced to a lot of people early on, so you might have to write down a few notes. Try to remember personal details that they've shared with you so you can ask about it when you see them again. This is really important to building rapport and relationships. And I can tell you that my success in HR roles over the years has not come just from my knowledge or expertise, but it's come from the relationships I was able to build in organizations. And I made it my job to get to know a lot of people and what their pain points were in the organization so I could help them. You also want to make sure that you are prompt or early for everything. Even if the culture of the office is that people wander in five minutes late each day, if your supervisor says you start at 8.30, you should be there at 8.20. Better for you to be waiting outside when they arrive than for them to be waiting inside as you shuffle in five minutes late. This might mean you have to leave your house extra early in these early days to get used to parking or transit, but that's okay. This makes such an important impression and impact on your new boss. I can't overstate it enough. You need to be early. Now, you don't want to be a half an hour early because then they're going to feel bad, but you should be early. And once you have access to the office on your own, then you can probably have more comfort with that. Another thing you want to do is participate. If the team goes out for lunch or socializes and you're invited, go. If they don't, invite someone to go out for lunch with you one day and take the opportunity to get to know them and how you can help. This might be a coworker, it might be someone else in the office, or maybe someone in a client group that you're working with. It's good for you to show people that you're interested in them and you're interested in learning as much as you can about the organization. Help out wherever possible. This is really important to having an impact. Clean up after yourself and others. I feel like I shouldn't even have to say this, but I've worked in a lot of offices where people do not do this. This is common etiquette, but people don't do it. So make sure that you're cleaning up after yourself. If the coffee pot's empty, make a pot of coffee. Offer to carry things or unload someone's vehicle if they have stuff to bring in. Empty the filing tray. Straighten up a shelf. Hold the door for somebody. Tuck in the chairs. These are things that your mom probably taught you at some point or your dad. But it's really important to showing care 
for your coworkers, care for the office, and that you take pride in where you work. It seems like a silly little thing, but I know it goes a long way. Finally, and probably most importantly, do the work you're asked to do. This might sound obvious, but I've talked to a lot of HR colleagues who have had co-op students or new grads who come into the office and they simply don't do what's asked of them because they don't find it interesting or they think it's beneath them. Let me make this crystal clear. Nothing is beneath you. You are a new grad, you've been given an incredible learning opportunity, and you're part of a team. Do what is asked of you. You're not the manager, nor do you have the experience required to advise managers, give advice to others, or decide on your own tasks at this point. Do the job you were hired to do and knock it out of the park. If you truly want to carve out a career, these early roles say a lot about you. And even if you don't stay at this job forever, it can be an incredible stepping stone and a great reference for the future. Do the job you're asked to do. Okay, so just to recap what we've covered today, we're talking about how to have an impact in the first 90 days of your new job and the three areas where I feel like you can have the biggest impact and the things you need to get clarity, understanding, and take action on are number one, getting to know your role, number two, getting to know your department or the office, and number three, showing up as a professional. I realize that there's a lot to take in in those first 90 days. And again, these principles apply beyond your 90 days. You should always be listening, getting clarity and understanding before you take action at any point in your career. But it's extremely critical at this time if you want to make a positive impact. And I know from experience that when new employees and especially new graduates do this, it opens a lot of doors for future opportunities. I hope that this was helpful for you today. As always, there's a summary on the website at www.unicorngroup.ca forward slash episode dash seven. You'll see some of these key points and also a link to the download for the email script that I talked about. Once again, congratulations to everyone that secured their first HR professional role or those of you that have received promotions in the last little while. For those of you that haven't, don't despair. The right role is out there waiting for you. Go back if you haven't already and listen to the other episodes in this podcast because I know there's some great tips and resources available to help you secure that first HR role and kick off your career. As always, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate your time and for being here. Again, if you haven't subscribed already, please do so where you're listening and have a great week. Bye for now.